and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Municipals. Rising taxes are probably a reality. I'm a big advocate of change. Not change for change's sake. Change when something isn't working. I'm sure the NDP wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now. Don't vote, can't pitch. The moment we go to an election is the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And welcome to another brand new edition of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I am your very, you know, very functioning co-host, Philip. Now, I didn't get a chance to ask you on the record because I kind of surprised you with it last week, Philip. But what do you think of our new uh, uh, the theme songs or theme song? Uh, I it turns out I'm a glutton for listening to myself talk because because I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, that's all you need. Uh, you just need uh, you just need to throw my own voice at me and I'll be pleased. Dude, I've listened to it at least 10 times. You you are the king of sound bites. It is true. Speaking of uh, king of sound bites, would you like to hear a bit of my uh, what I believe is a bit of a karma related incident? It's not. It's it's January. People get sick. But a couple weeks back, I had said sort of, you know, I should probably take a bit of a break from my my political twittering because I feel like I was letting it get to my I want to say my behavior like I was getting angrier kind of going harder after people so I was slowing down for a couple of days and then I came right back to it and it's 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 right back you know it's quite a bit a lot of negative stuff so uh I think on a grand scale the universe is punishing me for not staying true to myself uh because last night I spent the entire night just uh Puking and shitting, just absolutely not having a good time. So just uh, for some reason, I felt the need to express that to our audience, you know, and to you as well, of course. <laughs> you know, it's it's been it's been a rough week um, for me personally. I'm just going to share it. Wait, before we do pause. Sure. I mean, it's it's I, I know it's going to be involved, but happy belated birthday, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you, you got to get the shout out on the show as well. 41. Even though I called you a day after. I was like, oh, shit, when was your birthday? <laughs> it's OK. Uh, it's It's been a rough week. Um, as people have listened on my other podcast, um, uh, for those of you that don't know, maybe new listeners, you know, um, <clears throat> almost next month, it'll be five years ago uh, that I lost my brother. Um, Robert, uh, he was 41 when he passed away. Uh, we still don't know under what circumstances, uh, uh, he died, meaning that they can't tell me what killed him. Uh, I'm not really going to get into it. I'm just, uh, so this week we're five years and two days apart. So his birthday was on the 15th of January. And, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of the starting point of my, my grief um it's weird you know you don't know about grief until you experience it yourself you know i i have this thing where i can kind of restrict my grief i guess that's the best word restrict it to you know starts on january 15th because that's his birthday and then and then my mom passed away on february 1st and and he passed away on february 22nd and and my mom's birth birthdays on march 22nd so 
you know, between the 15th of January and March 22nd, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a hot mess. Um, I'm not, I'm not putting it lightly, but uh, if, if the season also affects your, your mood, like, like I know for me, it does, that's gotta be a hell of a combo. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what it was like for, for you growing up, Phil, but um, I just want to share a special story about my mom real quick. Um, you know, every my mom was one of those crazy people that uh, was like, you're not born e- on, even on the day you're born until the time, right? So, for example, I was born at 11.47 in the morning. I'm a nooner. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. I'm an early morninger. Um, so every year my mom would call me at 11 47 even if i was working and uh i would that's very up, classic that's classic and she would say happy birthday she wouldn't say it on the morning you know before i left for school <laughs> or work or whatever she would she would call me at 11 47 and say happy birthday and you know like i said it, it's it's five years ago um because they both died in the same year it's, oh my god it's really it was really hard that first year to not get that call 1147 and say happy birthday. And, you know, and my kids know the story and, and you know, their mother knows the story, but I, I don't want them taking, you know, my mom's place. I, I don't think that would be right. So now nobody calls me at 1147. It's just kind of my moment on my birthday to think about my mother. Um, to reflect. Wow. I'm fucking depressing everybody. I'm no, so sorry. No, man. You know what? Like, uh, I think I told you about it. It's not something like I've, I've brought up on the podcast either. Uh, my mom died when I was 19 years old. Um, I I remember those moments where it's like you're walking and the rest of the world kind of continues to move despite the fact that you, in your mind, your world has just stopped. But for everyone else, everything is just continuing. Like I remember I was going to meet up with um, some of my friends the day after my mom was in the hospital, which was uh, the day before she went. But we already knew like what the situation was going to be. And like some kid like fell off his skateboard, you know, I, I picked it up for him. I gave it to him. He's just like, you know, thanks, man. He goes on. And I'm just like, like, everything's just normal, like for everyone else. Like grief is very weird. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I and it's, I, it's, I also feel like it's taken me many years. Really, I think I appreciate my grief, if that makes sense, more now that I have kids than before I did. But uh, yeah, grief is weird. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, you know, hap- I did it on on uh, Facebook every year. I do the thing where you know, you know, happy heavenly birthday to my brother. Um, and also like uh, like a dedication to them on on their death dates too. And it's it's really weird. You know, I can't ever do one of those things, even the birthday one, without crying. Um. Let's talk about something else because this is depressing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I enjoyed this uh, this little opening into our personal worlds. I mean, you know, people I assume appreciate hearing that other people grieve the same way, and or you, even differently. And you know, I think it's I think it's okay to talk about, especially in these fucking depressing months. I think it's it's really is okay for us to be talking about our individual traumas. Absolutely. I'll go. I'll, I'll say one more thing. And so, you know, I don't just cry on that day. It kind of like spills over. And so I was um, I was at home on my birthday after the kids went to bed 
and I told you I'm such a whore for these 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 shows from the nineties <laughs> and early two thousands. So I mean I know you'd never seen the show, but I, I was watching One Tree Hill, and it's the fourth season, so they're graduating because they're seniors, and it was like the last four episodes, and I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning watching them, and I'm bawling my eyes out, and I I don't understand it, and I happened to I looked around for a second, and I'm like, no one no one's up, so I'm like. Okay, good. I don't have to explain this to anybody, uh, but it, I just it it just hits you, you know. Um, I can't really explain it. Uh, I'm not going to try, but uh, but yeah, that's it's just been an emotional week for me, and I think that's absolutely fair. So let's uh, let's get on to business. You know, I so enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed our, our whole episode last week, but my particular favorite was the um, talking about the 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 federal government. Um, <laughs> so I don't really want to spend too much time on federal government this week because we have a lot of municipal shit to get through. Ha- has there been too much in the way of the federal government other so, than to continue dropping the ball? No, but I I have <laughs> I have one thing. I'm going to pose it to you because I love. Your opinion. You're, you remember, you're the you're the soundbite guy. <laughs> so this guy on Twitter, uh, that's a great way to start, right? <laughs> I mean, it works for me. His name is uh, straight, so S T R, and then the number eight, Guds G U D Z, uh, clothing court, and he's got a blue check mark. So shout out to you. He goes prediction time. You ready for his prediction? I want you to 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 bust it up if you don't agree with it. He goes, my guess, Justin Trudeau will step down as prime minister in the next 30 to 90 days. Mark Carney, whom I've never heard of, will be made the Liberal Party leader to salvage the disaster left by JT and give them some hope in the next election. Jagmeet will be removed as NDP leader and the, quote, deal with the devil will be retracted. Rachel Notley will be made the leader of the NDP. Let's see how this ages. Just a gut feeling. So I I don't think I agree with a lot of these, but I do think it's an interesting jumping off point to to kind of jump to I mean, to to kind of go about these these equations firsthand. Now I have heard of of Mark Carney. <laughs> what a what terrible last name! So I think he's a finance guy. Oh, but then that's just Bill Morneau. Maybe I, I don't know anything about Mark Carney. I, but... I heard he was associated with the World Economic Forum. Well, so is like every political person. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, but so I've heard a lot of people talking about the idea of Mark Carney becoming the leader of the federal liberals, um, and honestly. I personally, I don't know if that makes sense to me. If I think anyone, if anyone of the current federal government would come on to become the leader of the liberals and give them a chance, my money's on Sean Frazier. Like of any of the other files or cabinet ministers, he's the only one I think who's consistently like positive and doing relatively good shit. Um, but Christina, the fact is, Christia Freeland, she's just the female Justin Trudeau. 
she's what is she even doing most of the time she just seems to like the funny thing is a lot of people talk about justin trudeau and his photo ops and it's like today there's it's like she's in toronto oh my god i i like i hate to kind of jump on the the right ring outrage but it's like why are you renting so many goddamn expensive cars you're in like practice what you preach christia take your bike take transit like the rest of us <laughs> the rest of us who claim that it's great we all do it and it is it's fine it's great you need to do it too <laughs> you can't be saying all these things and then like well i'll just call up my my limo like fuck off christian <laughs> but um okay so so you don't think he's gonna resign i'm not sure he's gonna resign it's interesting i um i do at this point i don't think justin trudeau was was a bad leader for a while at this point i feel like he is the albatross of the liberal party you got to remember like uh, i'm so i'm gonna jump in not even Kathleen Wynne would would step aside to save the Ontario Liberals. If you no, remember. she she also fucked up too. Uh, that's a good point. Um, and so I guess a lot of people would see that as um, hubris. You're right. I I guess that's. I guess I agree. I don't think Justin Trudeau will will drop out. And that's not that's not me saying that as a positive thing. That's just me. That's my own prediction. I think that I think the earliest he resigns is the night of the election when he loses. And I, I think that's and, and I would say the same for J- Jagmeet Singh as well. Jagmeet, here's the thing. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before on the podcast before. If I could hang out with Jagmeet, I'm sure I would love it. I'm sure we would just be buds. He's a very just personal chilling. guy. Yeah. Yes, he is. But it's like he can't stop shoving his foot right up into his fucking mouth. And just like saying the stupidest shit. Did like, you see? I'm sorry. Did you see? There was. It's on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. There's a picture of a statue, and the statue comes around, so the head is up the statue's ass. Oh my god! Is and, that going to be Jagmeet? No, it was Justin Trudeau. <laughs> there, there, there was a little uh, blip on the bottom. I don't know why I didn't save the picture. I should have. Now. I guess I'm going to throw a question back at you. And it, it's not, neither of us are from Alberta. Have you ever lived in Alberta? I've never lived in Alberta. Like, it's not our sort of thing. But I do feel like a lot of people sort of see um, the provincial NDPs and the federal NDP as very similar. But Rachel Notley was a very pro-oil NDP. I mean, you couldn't be pro-oil and get elected in Alberta at any point. I thought she was hated. I mean, she is, but that's because she's NDP. Oh. <laughs> it's it's less to do with um, real reasons because again, she was she was pro oil. She was very she was very standing up for Alberta. Really, can when we she was premier. To, can we go back to Thomas Mulcair? I liked him. Yeah, yeah, I did. I liked him. I felt like he was too middle of the road for. I mean, but I think that, but you the, go but from Philip. Jack Layton to. But Philip, that's the point, right? We we go. There are a reason that people are right and people are left. But if we're gonna sit and have a serious talk, you're right maybe on on one issue. Maybe you're left on the other. Maybe you're in the center for the third issue. There's no way that you can be right 
for all three issues or left for all three issues or, you know, like I said, you and I agree on housing. We don't agree on the police. That's very true. See what I'm saying? I so, do. so being a, what did you call him? A, a centrist? Yeah, or yeah. Middle, you said middle of the road. I don't, but centrist I don't, is, is a good way. I don't see that as a bad thing. It's not necessarily. Um, I guess I just want, I guess I want passionate people who like really feel strongly towards specific things. Like which Jack you Layton? Can't... Yeah, I, I am talking about Jack Layton pretty specifically. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a fucking awesome dude. I, I told you, I think we said this. I met him. Did you? At the Taste of the Danforth. What the hell? I don't think I remember this. This, but this was many, many, many years ago. Well, before, yeah. before I ever even developed an interest in politics. See, and yeah, that's so interesting. All right, okay. So back to my my Sorry. launching off of this guy's prediction. No, no, no. I I don't think Rachel Notley would really uh, slot in well with the federal NDP. At the same time. I also think the federal NDP is too stubborn to drop Jagmeet Singh until at the very least losing the next election. I don't think he's he's being replaced before the election, even though I desperately think he should. This is okay, I mean, well, in a time well, where constantly the liberals yeah, are failing. They're like falling down constantly. This is the NDP's time to like slip into their positioning, you know, but. They can't. They can't figure it out. How many elections did Andrea Horrath lose? That's well, and that's that's kind of what I mean about the NDP sort of like holding on, yeah. like very rigorously. I like listen. I like Andrea Horrath in a weird way. I I heard a very specific story on Reddit, and you know this could be true or not. So maybe, maybe let's let me preface it. I don't even know if this is true, but someone referred to Andrea Horvath as like the weed mom where it's like you know her kid like teenager or whatever and their friend would like smoke up in the garage and she'd bring them like munchies or whatever and i love that let's let's be honest and real i love that if that story is true i understand why politically it's not a great story but i love andrea horvath weed mom well actually you know what i didn't agree with her as the ndp leader but i will give her her props because uh, i read it I believe it was Hamilton. They have outlawed. Uh, is it renovictions, demovictions? They've outlawed. I them. think some good stuff is going on in Hamilton right now. That's, now, that's amazing. And that's that's um, versus her first year as mayor, which really felt like nothing was going on. So I, it does feel like there's a lot more movement going on. Good policy. That's awesome. Oh, um, jumping off from the prediction point um i will apologize and say matthew you requested me to do one thing and i didn't do it which was take notes while you and i were on the toronto budget consultation call no but that's a good segue let's talk about it <laughs> perfect segue i love it actually before just before we start did you it's just happened today did you see that picture uh blake acton posing with doug ford Oh my God! No, There's the problem, right? There. <laughs> anyway, let's go. I on didn't to fucking that. know Blake Acton was still floating around. Oh yeah, he's gonna run until he gets bored or oh, broke. Sure or... <laughs> anyway, Maybe both. So, um, for those of you living under a rock or who didn't take part, 
there were three uh, town hall phone calls is that uh, that took place this week. It was uh, the 16th of January, 17th of January and 18th of January. Phil and I took part in the 16th of January. Um, I asked a question that was pre pre asked, like, you know, and yeah, so they did... take us, they take us to a, an operator. And so we get to ask our questions to them. And I assume that's for, you know, they, they got to screen the people who are going to, you know, scream, fuck you, Olivia Chow, you know, <laughs> but also I, I listen, listen, I have no proof. This is a, a conspiracy, which I don't like, but whatever. I believe they have operators taking the questions and they have a yes, we'll answer that question pile and a no, we won't answer that question pile. See, I don't disagree with with that. At the same time, I remembered um, after we had participated and I remember I was texting you. I was like, when are they getting to the municipals? Because <laughs> I would have said that. I would have said, hi, uh, this is Matthew. Uh, I have a podcast called The Municipals. You know, if you had cover... started with that, I would have I would have jumped off that. But I, I think if I got to it first, I don't think I would have. And that's just how I would have. I had a plan of how I wanted to present myself, you know? Hey, man, that's okay. But I'd heard that 18,000 people were on the call the first yes. night. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about the other two nights. I but... really did stop, just drop off paying attention to the whole thing after that first night. So so, so I will say, uh, I have a couple notes. Um, on my birthday, before I started crying to One Tree Hill, I was on the call again asking pretty much the same question. Uh, maybe I worded it differently. It still went in the no pile because it was never asked. <laughs> and it was the same, like, so both nights it was it was the same question asked it was uh, you know they asked they took questions about affordable housing they took questions about uh about uh um safety about police they took and some of their answers felt like evasive you know like like very political speak instead of being direct i know the Did question, you get that sense yes and i know the questions that uh, counselor Carol, because it was it was Olivia Chow, it was Councillor Carol, the CFO, and the the city manager. City manager. I felt like the questions that Shelly Carroll was answering, she was reading off a page because it was the same wording. And yeah, and, the, and when Olivia Chow answered Shelly Carroll's question, she was reading off a page because it was the same wording, um, uh, the same wording of the same like from the night before. I think we just, uh, I mean, I don't know about you. I think we just hoped for, I would have hoped for more direct answers. I think that's sort of my disappointment. I want somebody to tell me yes or no. My question is very basic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for and, and you know what? We'll get to yours in a second, but I'm going to go first if you don't mind. So yes. for, for our audience, my question was, it was I'll, I'll say both questions. It was basically the same thing. Can you tell me? Uh, that you're not going to pick up the, like, can you refute? Can you make sure, can, can you say yes or no? Can you confirm or deny, basically, that uh, the Dundas Street renaming will not take place in 2024? And and it was the same question the, the next night, too, uh, maybe a couple different words. But they do not want to talk about Dundas Street. And and I'll get to why in a, in a little bit when we cover it. But uh, what was your question, Philip? So 
so my question was about there's a combination of things but the the real gist of it is sorry i i pulled up my email that i sent to parthi because that is essentially the question i wanted to ask on the on the budget thing oh i want you to um, read that too oh but, uh, but the question first i mean i could i could read read this email i sent to parthi uh again because it does really kind of go down deep into my my question thought which I obviously didn't get to do with the operator. Like when I was trying to phrase my question with the operator, it was very funny because I was talking about this Toronto star article and trying to frame it into a question. And it's like, we're working together to create this tapestry of a statement. And I felt like we did a pretty good job of actually like nailing it. Um, so, Oh my God. Uh, this is a very wordy email and I haven't received a response back yet. Just, uh, you know, as an added bit, uh, which is very unfortunate. But again, it is the weekend. There is, you know, not time. So, <laughs> sorry, I feel like this might be fun. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot reading this, you know, my message. So this was sent directly to my city councilor, Parthi Candivel, Um, But I also CC'd Mayor Chow and Shelly Carroll and BCC'd my host, my fellow host, Matthew King. So, you know, all the all the players are involved now. Hi, Parthi. Counselor candidate rival pal Philip here. <laughs> Once again, congratulations on becoming our counselor. Unfortunately, that means you're stuck with me writing obnoxious emails to you for the next two and a half years. Naturally, it's nothing personal. It's a job I apparently want, after all. <laughs> I... Nobody writes like that except me. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I'd, I'd like just to make a comment about the budget, our $1.8 billion shortfall, and the need to seemingly always pacify our police services tantrums. Specifically, I want to talk about all of the unfair characterization of the Toronto Police budget by characters like Brian Lilly of the Toronto Sun, who is claiming that Olivia Chow is cutting the budget by $12 million. And then I include a link to the Toronto Sun article where he claims that Olivia Chow is cutting $12 million from the budget, but it's actually just she's not... Give it. All right, I'll get. I'll get there. You know, but it's also twelve point seven. For you're gonna bring. You're gonna bring that up, right? We're gonna you? get to that. <laughs> we understand that that is fundamentally not true, right? Amplified by a very duplicitous independent MP. Uh, editor's note: I'm referring to Kevin Vuong, uh, and a former mayoral candidate. Editor's note: I'm referring to Anthony Fury. Am I leaving that in? No, no, no. I'm I'm letting you know those weren't in my email. Am I leaving it at in no? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh sorry. I'm reading it. I'm saying editor's note, but I, I do well just Fuck it, leave it in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna do that a couple of times throughout. <laughs> um Yeah, so Kevin Vuong, Anthony Fury, boosting the specimens by Brian Lilly that are please by just getting cut. This message that the Toronto police is getting shafted is only so readily believable because of the priming these particular actors have in painting the mayor a certain way. But I repeat myself, it is fundamentally not true. Olivia Chow is giving the police an increase. Now, to be clear, what I mean in that in that statement is all the people who are like, oh, yeah, Kami Chow, uh, you know, we can expect that she's going to cut the budget. Well, she hasn't. She never said she would. And she hasn't. Now. Uh, as a sorry, I I'm 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 gonna jump back to my email. I see the timer. 
Um, at the same time, a lot of the people going, oh, you guys voted for Olivia Chow and now she's raising taxes. Well, that's a mystery. And it's like, no, no, no. Olivia Chow didn't keep that a secret. She absolutely did say she would tax. Said nothing about cutting the police. Absolutely said stuff about increasing taxes. She is not lying to anyone yet. Mm. Again, I, we'll get there. Strong mayor powers, encampments. Has she, used, has she used that yet? She's used it repeatedly. Was that for the encampments? Nope. Uh, anyway, well, okay, the encampments suck. That's true. Ontario I'll Place. Need... Oh, yeah, fuck, giving up Ontario Place. Even though I said it, I think it was a great deal. My problem is... No, what... I know, I know. My it's... problem is her actions are not meeting what's coming out of her mouth. No, that's true. I mean, she had that whole video where she's in the wetsuit, um, you know, I love the water. <laughs> okay, so, again... Maybe I, I shouldn't say Olivia Chow's keeping all of her promises, but there's just some areas where she's not being duplicitous at all, which is increasing taxes. Anyways, so I'll continue. I don't know if you remember the all candidates meeting for Scarborough Southwest that we did in 2022, but if you do recall, I think my position on the police and policing itself should be pretty well known at this point. I don't think a community center is the right avenue for a we got to fund the police audience, but I got to be true to myself. So you might think that I would be writing to urge you to reinvest the Toronto Police budget towards other services. And to be honest, if I thought that message might be receptive, I would. Or if I'm being a bit cheeky, I can suggest that this sentence is in fact what I really want to get across. Once again, Matthew, who fucking writes like this? Except for me. <laughs> like, what is this? I'll be expecting the book out anytime soon. <laughs> you're, you, you're a good writer. I'd, I'd like to think uh, that I'm calling this a compromised position, that while we are facing a budget shortfall so huge, I don't entirely understand how we can justify giving the police any increase at all. More to the point, again, I also wonder why they're receiving any increase, if there is, supposedly, let's give a... <laughs> anytime I've talked about this Toronto Star article about how there's no correlation between increased police budgets and safety, I always add this bit of like, Got to give some room to the non-believers, you know, <laughs> like just we'll reject it out of hand. Um, so let's give a bit of an out to the non-believers. No correlation to increased police funding and lower crime rates. This was the idea that I wanted to personally present to the mayor and budget chief, Councillor Carroll, that if there's no benefit to safety by giving more money to the police, why are we doing it? At first, I thought perhaps my question during the budget consultation phone call on Tuesday was being deliberately ignored. Then I found out that 18,000 Torontonians participated, and all of a sudden, I understood what the deal was. And now it seems that the Toronto Police are doing a social media campaign against the proposed increase, talking about chaos in the streets if we don't cough up the last percentage of the budget they are demanding. But there's already all chaos while... on the streets. All Sorry. while suggesting every other place has to take cuts first. Absolutely ridiculous. I see the Toronto Police Association Twitter account being critical of the count of Councillor Carroll in a tweet about adding 200 new police officers, talking about slow response times. Seems hilarious to try and contribute that to somehow them being hampered with a limited budget when they very consistently get the increases they ask for. To me, that reads as advertising their failures. And why are we in a rush to reward their consistent failures? I think my ultimate point here is to say that I hope city council will stand up to this ridiculous campaign to squeeze the city even more for a service that is not adequately serving us. I appreciate your time with this and hope to perhaps collaborate in the future as a guy simply interested in improving our ward and city. Boom. That was my email. 
I think that was very well written. <laughs> but as you said, I enjoy writing these emails, by the way. But as you said, no response yet. If there is a response, keep us updated. Again, um, keep in mind, I sent this on Friday. It has been the weekend. I can be understanding. I can give them a few more days. Now, before we uh, before we take our break, I just want to quickly point out, uh, I mean, let's talk about it. The scheduled or asked for police increase that she's not giving the whole increase. She's clawing back $12.7 million. <laughs> 12.7, <laughs> <Philip>. And <laughs> why, why would she point? Why would she claw back 12.7? Well, here's why. The cost to rename Dundas Street is $12.7 million. I mean, am I stupid? Are we, am I, it's just, I'm connecting the dots. No one wants to talk about whether or not they're going to move forward with it in 2024. The only thing that happened before Christmas break, Philip, was that they decided not to do it at that time. They didn't say, no, we're never going to do it. It's off the table. It's not happening. That's well, that was never said. They said not at this time, which means they're going to bring it back and it's going to happen. And it makes me sick to my stomach that we have a mayor whose legacy is going to be changing Dundas Street instead of helping. I'm not worried about the people that are sleeping underneath the Dundas Street sign like Rob Davis was. I'm worried about all the uh, the homeless people. Over 10,000, whether they're in shelters for one night here or there or they're on the streets. You know, another part. I mean, the of, shelters are consistently full in the city, too. Like it's it's a it's an epidemic. You know, I, I you and I were talking on the phone earlier this week. No, guys, we weren't rehearsing. I promise. But uh, I mean, I told, you guys were friends. We talked to each other. I, I, I wanted to tell you this story. I'm not sure if I did, but I'm, I'm going to tell it now. Uh, you guys know I deliver downtown. So I was I was driving down Bay Street and I was driving south. So I was going towards King and. On the right side, there are a bunch of grates because that's where the TTC, the, the smoke blows up. So it's, it's hot there. And there was a homeless person uh, completely encased in their sleeping bag. Uh, on top of one of those grates? On top of one of the grates while snow falls all around him. There's a guy that works for the building that's shoveling the snow onto the street. And this guy's just, or guy or girl, I don't know who it was because, again, they were covered under the the uh the sleeping bag and it just make me like it's not about me but it made me feel like a complete piece of garbage because i have a warm home to go home to i have food i have what i need and this person can't even get fucking warm and out of the snow and it 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 pisses me off and and i don't blame me i blame the government i blame the federal government the provincial government and the municipal government every level has failed us Especially one who wants to spend twelve point seven million to to change Dundas Street, and 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 here's the, here's the problem: if we open that Pandora's box, Philip, it this will not be the end. Young Street will be next, followed by Wellington, followed by Jarvis, followed by well, fill in the more, blank. More hilarious, Matthew. I can tell you what would be next in you know say twenty years: Rob Ford Stadium. Yes. <laughs> absolutely in the exact listen and again i i i know you like rob ford and i have some positive things to say about the guy as well 
Listen, but at the same time, if you... the, the irony of having a conversation about changing the name because the guy was problematic. Again, we don't need to talk about the potential history or not. Philip, they, uh, they tore the same, down the... At, the... at the same meeting saying we should honor Rob Ford. They tore down the statue of Sir John A. Macdonald. And whether you like him or not, whether he did bad or not, whatever, wasn't he our country's first prime minister? I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, in my mind, it's like there's a bit of a. I don't, I don't think I care too much about the. You know what pisses me off more? You stuff. know what we have? We have just. I'm gonna say this, and we're gonna leave it right here. All <laughs> this bullshit going on about all oh, this doesn't age well. Dundas Street. This guy did this. This guy did that. And one of the counselors voting on this bullshit is facing two counts of. <laughs> I didn't even Michael think about Thompson. that. I have forgotten about Michael Thompson. I I appreciate you reminding me about that bastard because he's been so quiet. Rightfully so, because fuck you. Why did you even run? Right. Anyway, we're going to take a short break and we'll come back and we'll we'll uh, fire it up again. And we're back. And. uh, Yeah. So we'll just leave that where it was. As a as a quick. Just a, a final note about the uh, the renaming and the Toronto Fleets budget. The only, I mean, that was why I was laughing, right? Because in my mind, I don't care. The like again, I want them to take more money from the police. So there's a part of me that would find it infinitely hilarious if that was again. We don't need to be spending money on that. I don't necessarily agree with. You know the need for the name change. I'm I'm kind of on Matthew's side for this, but like again, it's just if if that's what it is, if it's just yep, the we'll just slice out the amount for the Toronto Police budget that we need for Dundas Square. I would laugh. Okay, so um, I want to update you guys because I got a few more emails. And uh, I don't want to leave these counselors out. I want to recognize counselors, whether we agree with them or not, that uh, write us back. So. Before we begin, do you happen to remember who had emailed us for last episode? So last episode, I gave shout outs to Counselor Moise, Counselor Robinson, Counselor Pasternak, um, Counselor Sachs, and Counselor Crisanti, but um, that was more of a, hey, we've got your email. We're going to, uh, I'm going to forward it to Counselor Crisanti and we'll get back to you. And uh, he hasn't got back to me. I'm not, uh, that's not a shot at him. I'm just. <laughs> just I, accurate. Um, and of course, we're not counting automatic replies. I got automatic replies from, um, from. Councillor Matlow, Councillor Bradford, Councillor Cole, and and the mayor. Uh, let's see here. So, oh, that's fun. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, so somebody in Councillor Matlow's office, office uh, <laughs> wrote me this nice email, and I'm going to read it. Uh, it's from... Alexander Forgay, he's the senior communications and policy advisor, um, I guess, in uh, Josh Matlow's office. You know, I think I've actually seen him 
on Twitter. I think I know who that is. You probably follow everybody that works for the city of Toronto, not me. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, if that were, it could very well be true. I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it goes, hi, Matt. I hope this email finds you well. I believe the podcast and I follow each other on Twitter slash X. Josh read your message and asked that I reply on his behalf. Fact check. True. There you go. Actually, funnily enough, um, when we started the podcast, right, and we were building up our Twitter following, I started following all the counselors and mayors in North America, everywhere. And they started following us back. So we're, yeah. we're well connected, even if they don't know it. <laughs> finally, finally, we need to get Eric Adams on the show. That's the mayor of New York, right? Also, uh, he sucks. We don't want him on the show, but. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, funnily enough, we are very close. I didn't want to announce it. Uh, <laughs> we haven't we haven't settled on a date, but uh, Councillor Sachs will be joining us. Ooh, it's going to be one of those more... situations where I don't know if both of us are going to be available for the interview, but we'll have to give it a shot. We'll talk about I mean, that I after the great. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she'll, she looks like she's going to be first up. Nice. Hell yeah. Okay, so um, a recent staff report bef uh, before City Council showed that the cost to rename Dundas Street had increased to over $11.3 million dollars. With the city facing unprecedented financial challenges, Josh agrees with you that spending tens of millions of dollars to rename streets is not a priority, while transit, affordable housing, and many services Torontonians rely on every day are desperately in need of significant investment. As you know, the decision to rename Young Dundas Square, approved by council, was part of a, quote, quote compromise deal to um, rename Young Dundas Square, one library, and two Dundas subway stations rather than the street itself. Much of the money for the deal is proposed to come from partnerships with the city's external agencies as well as development charge money uh, and should not have an outsized impact on the overall city budget. While Josh still feels this should have gone through a longer process. He supported it as the motion also ends the discussion on the much more costly plan to rename Dundas. As a result, the city will save over 10 million from the original plan and forego inconvenience to residents and businesses alike. In addition, as you point out, council requested that uh, the Toronto Public Library and the TTC renamed the Jane Dundas Library and the Dundas and Dundas West stations, respectively. It is important to note that the final decision to rename the library and the two subway station lies not with City Council, but with each respective board. Josh will be working closely with his colleagues on the TTC to ensure that a full review of our naming policies takes place and that all options and potential costs are considered before we move forward with changing the names of Dundas and Dundas West stations. Please let me know if you have any further questions. Sincerely, Alex Forgay. So that was that was a very nice email. You know what? I think and that's I feel like that's mostly where I've landed on the situation as well. You know, like like 
we're just not in the financial situation for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, I don't understand if you're broke, how you can say, I'm going to go out and buy the Raptors, <laughs> but you're broke. I'm going to go out and buy the Raptors, but you're broke. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I hear you. Okay, so then I got an email from a lady named Samara Ligium. She's the scheduling and con- constituency assistant to Councillor Josh Matlow. Oh, oh, wow. And you got she- multiple from Matlow's office. Yes. And uh, it says, hello, my name is Samara, and I manage Councillor Matlow's schedule. Thank you so much for reaching out to our office. Councillor Matlow would be happy to have a phone call to discuss this further. If you're interested, please share the best phone number for the councillor to reach you at. Thanks so much, Samara Ligium. So I was going to save this one to last, but I'm so happy about this. I want to talk about it. So he called me. We had a 25-minute conversation, 20, 25-minute, whatever. Um, And, you know, it was more... Then we talked about more than just the Dundas renaming. You know, I I reiterated, you know, the city is broke. Where is this money coming from? Why are we talking about this? There are 10,000 homeless people on the street. Every single homeless person should have a roof over their head before we even have this discussion. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll go. I'll go one further. I didn't say this to Josh Matlow. I'm saying this to you. <laughs> if we can get a roof over every homeless person in Toronto, specifically Toronto, you know, I, I can, we can't take on everybody's problem, but if there can, we could end homeless in Toronto. I will, I will wave the flag and I will be the first one to say, yes, now this is the time we should change Dundas street. If it's so important to you. Sounds like it'll be um, the priorities of the new ward one and ward 20 counselors in 2026. When one can only hope. You know, <laughs> so I was talking with Josh Matlow, and you know, I told him the uh because this had happened uh honestly I can't remember when I talked to him, but I, I generally I was I was telling him, you know, I deliver downtown, so I'm there, I see homeless people on the street, and because I don't like to go down university and wait in the shit pile uh that becomes York Street to get on the gardener which you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't drive. I don't drive. That is very true. I would rather drive into Parkdale and catch the Jameson Bridge before 2 o'clock, which puts me on the Gardener. In order to do that, I turn on Frasier, which is where I believe I believe that one is Lamport or Lamport 2, whatever. The point is there's an encampment there, and mm-hmm. it pisses me off. And those are the words that I use to them. I'm like, it pisses me off. It makes me feel like crap because I have this podcast and Phil and I, we talk about it every week. And oh my God, did you talk about me? <laughs> I he told me to he told me to say hi to you. Oh, I love Josh. Oh. <sighs> I told him hey, I guy. said I said you're gonna be he's gonna be so jealous that we got to talk and he wasn't part of it. And I, 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 I Listen, felt bad about that. I was, I was containing myself, but you're absolutely correct. I thought I was, I was doing the mature, you know, great. Like I could be chill. I'm not going to say anything, but you're absolutely correct. Um, And you know what? 
And we ended the call with this. And I'm going to share this. Uh, I was a little bit personal, but I'll share it. I, I told him, I said, you know, the fact that you reached out and you scheduled a phone call, I said, this puts you above. This sets you apart from all the other counselors. And that's not a shot at the other counselors. It really isn't. No. But I mean, we want we want our elected representatives to be accessible and for someone to reach out and say, let's talk about this. That is the definition of accessible. And we don't get that from any how many politicians ever directly engage Rob Ford. Well, again, if if you were to ask me what I thought were some great things about Rob Ford, I would tell you. It was his constituency outreach. And it wasn't just his constituents. It was it was apparently people from other wars would call him because their counselors would do shit. It's the crack crack smoking you didn't like. Yeah. (laughs) It's the crack smoking. It was the, you know, conservative budgets, but like the the responding to people's needs. And I don't know, maybe he did that more as a counselor than as mayor. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But like that is stuff I've heard about him that I would emulate, that I don't want to emulate. Absolutely. Again, not the crack smoking part. Every Listen, every single person in my ward would have my phone number, my direct number. And if I couldn't help them at the moment, I would have. I would tell them, call the office, make sure you leave record so I don't forget. But oh, no, would, you know what? I would get to it. Matthew, I, would, I have I would, a new thought. What's what that? if? Uh, what if this ultimate level of constituency outreach is so stressful that you have to turn to the crack. What if this is what happened to Rob Ford? Oh, no. Well, I would probably turn to Coke, but my Coke is... <laughs> no, hold on. My Coke is Coca-Cola. Very well. Very well said. <laughs> Excellent turnaround. Um, you know, before we move on, last week I mentioned the best two clips in YouTube, uh, CP24 history, did you have a chance to look at the Mike Tyson one we talked about? No. The I one didn't... where he said he told the guy to fuck himself on CP24 or what? fuck off. Or... We talked about this last week. Was it last week? Was it two weeks ago? It was Listen. when we did. It was the day we did the double episode. Oh my god! Oh remember my god! We, remember we did the. We did the personal episode, and then we we did the the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. We talked about we talked about because uh, we you you mentioned that well we already know he has enough to eat at home. Remember you said that? Oh I, yeah, that's a that's <laughs> classic. Listen, uh, very easily I found this. Um, I'm gonna play it now. I assume it's not playing through a microphone or anything, but oh, is this about Rob Ford? No. Oh. This is just Mike Tyson telling him to go fuck himself or fuck well, that guy. <laughs> so keep talking. I'm going to I'm going to try to divide my attention. All right. So um, like I was saying to Philip, you know, uh, for for our audience, Josh Matlow is just he goes above and beyond. He's a great counselor. And uh, we're going to circle back to Josh Matlow in a minute when I'm when I'm done with the emails, because there's there's one more thing I want to talk about. So. I also heard from Councillor Morley, Ward oh. Three Councillor, which well, I think I, I think you mentioned that. I'm excited about. Oh, I sent you everything. I, I'm so <laughs> bad about reading my email. No, no, but no, but you did it the right way. See, you included me from the beginning, and I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot to do that. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I hope Phil's not upset. 
by the way, I'm I'm never upset. With um, you, I mean. So she writes, uh, thank you for hello, Matt. Thank you for the email. I have brought your oh wait. So this was written by Lisa Brody Hoffman, who's the chief of staff for Councillor Morley. Um Hi, Matt. Thank you for your email. I have brought your correspondence to the attention of Councillor Morley, and she has requested that I respond on her behalf. Thank you for sharing your perspective with Councillor Morley. We have taken note of your concern and appreciate you bringing this forward to our office. Below is additional information regarding the December 2023 motion to pause all work. Notice the language pause all work renaming Dundas Street and focus on specific city assets. The intention is to honor the direction from council in 2021 while recognizing the cost savings from pausing the renaming of Dundas Street. You see what I did there? (laughs) In July 2021, city council, obviously, these are my words now, but obviously city council was under the direction of John Tory at the time, um, voted to rename Dundas Street. Which, by the way, do we know who brought that motion? It was Kristen Wong Tam, wasn't it? Was it? She, she's in this. Listen, listen. This isn't a shot. It really isn't because I could do better. But the whole renaming and tearing down statues and all that bullshit, right or wrong, that's NDP all the way. And I believe it was Kristen Wong Tam that brought this motion forward. It wasn't John Tory. We have already established he did nothing during his time as mayor. Except smile at the camera. He did do that. Oh, he, oh, he was oh, good at that. Oh, and taking orders from Rogers. Don't forget that. Hmm. Uh, did you? Did you? So, did you watch the clip? It's got to be over by now. Well, no, because I actually jumped to this other thing. Because, uh, to be honest, I I would have agreed with you the idea that it could have been Kristen Wong Tam, but it sounds like it might have been John Tory. Because it, it so uh like again I'm reading this thing uh like I just googled um Kristen Wong Tam Dundas Street renaming so I've I've got up this like article but I I don't even know how like accurate it is so you know I'll I'll let you be the judge but I'm just the first sentence just says five city councilors whose wards include stretches of Dundas Street East or West have signed a letter to the city manager supporting. Mayor John Tory's call for a review of the naming of the street. Can you name those counselors? So uh, it, I see three of them on the top here in the tags. Kristen Wong Tam, Mike Layton, and Paula Fletcher. Interestingly, two of those are no longer city counselors. Oh, actually, sorry. It doesn't. It, sorry, it does include a list of all of them. Uh, it, it is signed by counselors Joe Cressy. Side note, no longer a counselor. Uh, Paula Fletcher, Mike Layton, no longer a counselor. Gord Perks and Kristen Wong Tam, no longer a counselor. Supported, so three of the supported, five, supported by the mayor, who's no longer the mayor. Right. I guess that's a good point. It just... I, I don't know how much more I can say that this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. This, this is... You and I don't agree on, a, on on quite a few things, which is okay because it doesn't affect this partnership. But the choice to rename Dundas Street when we have all these homeless people on the street, that is a more stupid decision than investing money in um, 
safe use sites or whatever the fuck. I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. Now, I mean, safe again, injection I disagree sites. with you. Like, I, I, I do personally, I see their value, but I agree with you fundamentally that this focus on the Dunlap Street renaming is a very unserious look at our priorities. Have I mentioned how much I love the fact that you and I can disagree and it doesn't like, okay, so my kids, my kids, mom, she has got a lot of friends and they're very opinionated. And it's like, if you would disagree with them on one issue, that's it. It's over. But you and I, we can disagree and, and flip the page. Matthew, that's because after a recording every other week, I have my Matthew voodoo doll that I poke some little pins in. So when you're feeling that post-show anxiety, that's me. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I told you this. I'll tell you real quick. <laughs> my oldest daughter, she's 21. She recently went to what they call a rage room. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where they smashed it. Yeah, which we never had when we were kids. No, but, so that sounds amazing. She she let me know that the source, the inspiration for her rage at that time was me. Hooray. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that's that's literally kids say the darnest things. <laughs> okay, let's finish this email real quick because I want to hear the rest of your article. Um. Okay. Um. Where was I? Council directed the city manager to convene the Community Advisory Committee, the CAC. I'm lo I'd love to know who's on that. Uh, to develop a short list of new names for Dundas Street and other city-owned assets bearing the Dundas name and a transition plan to support impacted residents and businesses. Staff consulted with more than 20 subject matter experts on the historical questions surrounding Henry Dundas, including his motivations for taking a gradualist approach to ending slavery and the long-term impact of his actions on black lives. This was done under council direction prior to Councillor Morley taking office, which means Mark Grimes was in, uh, was in her place. Uh, in 2021, following discuss, which is funny because the turnover is just ridiculous that they're going to continue to honor this decision that was made and like, there's isn't so, that what we have elections for? Right? Doesn't isn't the first thing that happens is the the governing party that takes over the very one of the very first things they do is repeal a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in 2021, following discovery sessions with Black, Indigenous, and other local community members, extensive academic research, and a review of over 400 global case studies. Staff opted to recommend that council initiate a renaming process as recommended in the initial direction from council. These initial strategic review and discovery sessions were critical to inform a process that would be accessible uh, and sensitive, particularly to black and indigenous communities. The feedback from participants was consistent in suggesting that the city should proceed to rename Dundas and inaction would be compromising Toronto's position against anti-black racism. I don't ever remember this happening. Not, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't remember it. 
Um, in fall 2021, the 20-member recognition review CAC was formed to develop a short list of new names. Following two years of consultation, research, and discussion, the recognition review CAC unanimously selected the name Sankofa Square for Young Dundas Square at its December 12th, 2023 meeting. The name Sankofa was suggested by representatives of the Black community who served on the community on the committee. The committee worked on a consensus model that reflects the best traditions for decision making in both Indigenous communities of this territory and the African diaspora. I've never heard that word before. Uh, committee conversations were informed by consultations with the public. By the way, you know you can interrupt me if you want to say Oh, something. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to listen. Um, the approach pause, pauses. Again, that word, pauses. The, uh, this approach pauses all work on renaming Dundas Street and the focus on renaming other highly visible city assets and significantly reduces the impact and costs on business and residents. In 2022, the cost estimate to rename Dundas Street and other city assets was approximately $8.6 million. In a recent 2023 response to an administrative inquiry, the city updated the estimated costs for renaming Dundas Street to be approximately between, get this, 11.3 million to 12.7 million. My new favorite number. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. 12.7 million. Oh, could you add a bracket that says my new favorite number? <laughs> I think that's too long, but oh, that's fair. Yeah, 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 you're you're fine. 12.7 million is a good name for the episode. Um, the cost to rename these four high prior high profile city assets and f- and four the public education campaign is approximately 2.688 to 2.728 million, which breaks down to the following Young Dundas Square. The updated cost estimate to rename Young Dundas Square is between 300,000 to 340,000, as provided by Young Dundas Square Management, with the cost to be supported by development levies from the local ward. Uh, Dundas and Dundas Street subway stations, the TTC estimates the total cost for renaming the two stations to be $2.228 million carried over a number of years. Jane Dundas Public Library, the cost of renaming the library is estimated at $60,000 with costs borne by Toronto Public Library. And city staff will also undertake a $100,000 two-year public education campaign starting in 2024 to acknowledge the impact of the transatlantic slave trade and slavery in keeping with the international decade for people with African descent. Staff will report to the executive committee in quarter four, 2024 aligned with an update on the Toronto action plan to confront anti-black racism. City staff will pause work on all other Dundas Street remaining recommendations, including the renaming of Dundas Street, until City Council provides further direction to resume. The city count. Uh, the city recognizes. I love. I love your obsession. Sorry with the with the emphasizing the word pause every time it comes up. It's great. 
Oh, that's the name of the episode. 12.7 million paused. <laughs> there you go. Um, Or maybe pause 12.7. We'll play around with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The city recognizes the importance of creating safer city spaces that foster inclusiveness and belonging, especially for the black and indigenous communities in Toronto. Taking steps to right wrongs, challenge systemic institutionalized racism and build a more inclusive Toronto is more important than ever. A Toronto that meets the needs of all its residents. Thank you again for sharing your perspective with our office. I trust this information finds you helpful. Regards, Lisa Brody Hoffman. I just want to pick at one small thing and, and then I'll let you talk. The last part where she says um, taking steps to right wrongs, challenge systemic institutionalized racism and build a more inclusive Toronto is more important than ever. A Toronto that meets the needs of all its residents. And again, this isn't a shot towards her or Councillor Morley or the city, but in this email, all I've ever heard her talk about was black and indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. There are more, there are more people that live in this city than just black and indigenous communities. She never mentions them once, but it says a Toronto that meets the needs of all residents. Well, that's well, and is that we, you and I are acknowledging that this is failing on our, our city's homeless population. Correct. Like as again, not, not to, (laughs) not to give Rob Davis too much credit, but, as he kept pointing out, it wasn't. Why is it more important the that the name change over the people under that sign? Yes. And then the last email I got is very short. It's from your boy. Is that Bradford? Nope. Oh shit, Councillor Holiday. Holiday? Holy yeah. shit! Wait, I think you might have. I you know I actually think he did tell me that he got an email from Holiday, and I think just in that moment I forgot that was a genuine reaction. By the way, that wasn't me like playing around. <laughs> Um, good afternoon, Matt. Thanks for your email. Councillor Holiday voted against renaming because it brought to council it, it was brought to council without notice or substantial documentation. Clearly, there are varying opinions on this matter, including Henry Dundas. Please feel free to follow up with us at any time. Kind regards. Uh, this was written by a person named Dion Angelini. Um, obviously works in the office of Stephen Holiday. I mean, it's it, again. Great that you're getting a response, but versus some of those other responses, it's a pretty quite a letdown. I'm just compl- I'm so pissed off about the the direction that I can see this going. Um, but before we go, I mean, we got we got we got almost ten minutes. There are there are two things I wanted to cover. Um, we're going to be having. Um, possibly more guests. I don't know if you're keeping track of the stuff that's going down in Councillor Nunziata's ward no. uh, with the York Southwest Tenant yes. Union. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. So I'm arranging a time. I want it to be when you're, we're both available. Uh, they want to come on the podcast and share what they've been going Hell through. yes. So we have is that. that to, is we that have the, Kiara uh, Pat of... She's a superstar. Um, I just need to find her name. Kiara. I can't uh, remember who I was talking to, but either way, that rules, and I'm 100 percent excited for that. Yes. And then um now for the audience, this is actually news because this is brand new for me. Yes. 
I like the Stephen Holiday email. And then, um, so we have that to look forward to. We have the Counselor Sachs interview to, to look forward to. You know, real quickly, of all the counselors that didn't get back to us, I think I, I'm, I'm, and this isn't a shot. I know it kind of fucking sounds like it's a shot, but it's not. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't hear from uh, Counselor Malik and Counselor Myers. That's because they're, they're they're part of the the mayor's nucleus. I mean, I mean, can we? We're not going to pretend they're NDP. Like, let's not pretend they're not. Right? I would say they're more progressive focused. Yeah. I don't know that progressive is the word I would use, but <laughs> maybe okay. Maybe that's a shot, but. Yeah, that's that is probably more of a shot than than anything else. So I wanted to end tonight talking about our currently our current favorite counselor, Josh Matlow. And this is something that I found out and, um, you know, I've seen some tweets that are for it and against it. I'd love to get your thoughts. I think you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely uh, know what you're talking with about. With Counselor Matlow considering running for i can't remember her name but you do you can tell the story carolyn carolyn bennett uh federal liberal mp carolyn bennett is retiring just so happens that she runs uh not runs but she is the representative for okay yeah thank you you were gonna bring that up (laughs) i was worried that you weren't gonna bring that up because it's like i don't know what exactly i'd be accusing her of but i hate that that, oh, I didn't mean she... anything by it. I meant oh. I would. I, I, I didn't mean runs the ward. I, I meant uh, you know oh. she's the representative. What no, did you no, think no. I meant? No. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant how uh, Carolyn Bennett is going to be the ambassador to Denmark. I never. That's new information for me. <laughs> yeah, that sucks, right? Why does it suck? It sucks. I don't because... know anything about this woman. Sorry. I'm sorry. It, the reason I say it sucks, and it's not even about her as a person. It's that. You you essentially quit being an MP and then you're given this job. Right. That sucks. That's it. Like no deeper thought than that. It, it really is just so I, I would thought love, you were retiring to retire. I would love to get your opinion on possibility because he's considering it of Josh Matlow leaving city council and joining the federal ranks. But that. And, and I want you to, when you're talking about it, and just be mindful of the time, I want you to include the uh, the the what I said to you, and you put it into a tweet. I did, yes. Um, so go ahead. So what I really appreciated was, I've actually, here's what's interesting. But before I get to uh, Matthew's tweet, as I scroll through my timeline to see if I can find it real quick. You don't remember it? No, I, I remember it. I remember it. But uh, I just wanted to see if I got it correctly. But I also tweet so much that it would be like impossible to find. You're such a um, Twitter. I absolutely. <laughs> I am not offended by you saying that. That is just straight up the truth. Um, okay, yeah. So I think I had suggested to you that Josh Matlow could be running under the federal liberals. And of course, what Matthew said to me was, Josh is a liberal, but I like him. <laughs> Well, I mean, our, our audience is very familiar that my disdain for Justin Trudeau knows no boundaries. <laughs> I know. And I know. And so it was very funny to see Josh Matlow tweet that, you know, after his his friend Carolyn Bennett was, you know, dropping out that he was considering, uh, as as you pointed out, he hasn't officially said one way or the other. 
And the thing that I did respond to that tweet where I said, you know, I'm not a fan of the federal liberals, but I am a fan of the federal Josh. And I mean, that's just me being I'm cute, a fan but... of Josh Matlow. Exactly. No matter I where want, he goes. I want Josh to do what Josh thinks is best. Um, I I don't know his ward well enough to know. Can we? But can we talk about I want to specifically talk about one negative tweet. I don't have it on me. I, I okay. kind of remember the gist of it. Uh, is kind of like, you know, you, you ran in the mayoral by-election and now you want to run for this. It kind of sounds like you don't want to be at City <laughs> You don't want to be anymore. the city councillor, yeah. Um, so do you want to address that? Or do you, you know what, ag- do you agree with... You know what? This isn't a I, shot. We love Josh. No, no, no. I think, I think you're right. In fact, I think I wouldn't have... I don't think I would have placed it in such a positive light about the idea of Josh doing whatever he wants if I didn't like Josh so much. If it were another counselor, I'd probably... It is hypocritical of me because I do think if it were, say, Stephen Holiday, I would call him out on being, you know, selfish or something. You wouldn't just say, okay, bye. Yeah, well, okay, Stephen (laughs) Holiday was a bad example because I probably would just say, go fuck yourself. And I don't think he can get elected beyond um, municipal politics. I think that's the only place his name means anything. But um, I think it's a good point. I think it's it's not a good look. At the same time, fucking I like Josh. Sucks. God damn it. Josh, do what you want. Don't listen to the haters, including me. I mean, what's to stop? Listen, what's to stop Josh Matlow from joining the federal liberals? And then maybe in the next 10 years, he's the leader of the liberals. Yo. That's a party Yo. I would vote for. Because you know that I hate the liberals, but I love Josh Matlow. I would vote for him. Hell yeah. Let's, you know, maybe we can make a movement happen. <laughs> oh. The Matlow liberals. Well, that's going to do country back. That's, <laughs> that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, again, we just want to thank you guys for listening. I mean, we try to keep it relevant. Yeah, we, you know, we're going to take shots. We're not taking shots at people. We're holding them accountable. All this bullshit that you hear about me going on about Olivia Chow and Justin Trudeau, it's because they're doing shit wrong. So I'm going to keep them account. I'm going to hold them accountable. And, you know, even 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 Phil can do it respectfully. You know, when he points out, why are we renaming uh, 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 stuff about Rob Ford? Because a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people, when you talk about Rob Ford, they have a bad taste in their mouth. I can respect that. Rob Ford's not for everybody. I get it. Uh, so we want to thank you guys so much for for coming and, and, and tuning into our show. Uh, we're going to be ramping it up soon. Hopefully uh, getting back to, you know, every week and, uh, you know, go from there. So, I mean, we want to, again, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep listening. Email us municipalspod uh, at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter. Like I said, Phil's a whore on Twitter. You can find him. And if it's I absolutely am a whore, I will never stop. And if it's funny, Phil will read it on the air. Ooh. And you guys can do a, a Twitter exchange. Like uh, I know you don't know who this is, uh, but there was a <laughs> there was a fiery Twitter exchange between Tony Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and AEW. And a guy who used to run WCW, Eric Bischoff. I know you don't know who those people are, but it was pretty. Actually, it was actually pretty entertaining to watch. Well, read, I guess, because I'm not watching it. It's not a video. Uh, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Phil and I appreciate all your support. And uh, uh, for Phil, thank you guys, and we'll see you next time with uh, a brand new episode.
and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Municipals. Rising taxes are probably a reality. I'm a big advocate of change. Not change for change's sake. Change when something isn't working. I'm sure the NDP wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now. Don't vote, can't bitch. The moment we go to an election is the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau.